I'm glad you're here this morning. We are uh, in the last, uh, the, the very last message of investing in forever. I told you last week um, that we were going to be going into a, a, a something called Grateful. That's our series coming up. We actually have, this, this is our last week, and, and I really feel like this week is something that we're going to be able to look at practically uh, with, with the ending of our series. Um, if you've been here before, you've seen me give this illustration. It's the best one that I can think of. I actually robbed it from somebody else. His name's Francis Chan. But this is what eternity looks like. And we've been talking about eternity. This is, just imagine that this is your eternal existence. And this rope, let's just pretend it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And for millions and millions of years after you leave this earth, you're going to exist in eternity. And this, this kind of represents that. It's like a, the timeline of your eternal existence. And this little part here is the few short years that we get to spend on something called earth. We, we do. We have a few short years. And, and what we do here determines how we spend this. And we can't earn heaven. That's not what I'm saying. Jesus Christ is the only reason that we can even go there. He earned it for us. But the Bible says that God is a rewarder. And what we do here actually can, can be used to invest here. We've been talking about several things. One of the main things that we've been talking about that you can do here to invest in here and, and store up treasure for yourself here. Um, is being generous, being generous here. The fact is, is that we're all headed to this thing called eternity. Say eternity. We're all headed there. If you're not headed there, um, just raise your hand. <laughs> we're all headed to eternity. We're all going to leave this earth, uh, whether you realize it or not. There was a, a woman who accompanied her husband to the doctor's office, um, and he was sick. He was kind of almost headed to eternity. And, and she didn't quite know what was going to happen. Well, after the appointment was over, the husband went back to the car and the doctor said, hey, ma'am, may I speak to you for a second? And she said, yes. Yeah. So she walked in the doctor's office alone with the doctor and he said, listen, his, his life is, is going away here, slipping away. And the only way he's going to stay alive is for his morale to stay up and for his you know, quality of life. It, it's all going to depend on his willingness to go on. So you have got to you know, to be there for him. You've got to, you know, make sure that he has a good breakfast every morning, you know, do these things so that he said, if you don't do these things, it can contribute literally to his, to his death. Um, be pleasant. Make sure he's in a good mood. Um, for lunch, make him a nutritious meal. For dinner, prepare him something. Give him whatever he wants. I mean, just make sure his life is, is, is great. Don't burden him with, with problems because he's probably, you know, had a hard day. Uh, don't make him do chores. Just literally just give him what he needs. Don't, don't even discuss your problems with him. And uh, so she kind of smiles a little bit and goes to get in the car. And on the way home, he says, well, what did the doctor say? She said, he said, you're going to die. <laughs> Whether you know it's coming or not, we're all headed to this thing called eternity. Uh, in this series, we've been talking about generosity. That's a joke, by the way, if you guys didn't know already. Um, some of you are looking like, really? Did he just say that? Uh, we've been talking about generosity. We've been talking about things that we can do here while we're still on this earth to invest in the eternity that's coming. Um, and today, I'm not going to ask you to be generous. I'm not, because last week you were generous. Uh, we've been talking about offering fit for a king, if this is your first time here. And last week, we not just gave, we moved our hearts to become generous people, and we all walked down here and we gave. Um, Jessica and I led the way, and then our leaders led the way after that. And then you guys came and, and, and you gave across all three of our locations. All the numbers aren't in yet. We're going to be talking about that later. 
but it was, it was right around $180,000 across all of our locations that we are going to use to minister to people and that we are going to use um, to, for the saving of souls, for, for ministry. But you, know, you know what that tells me? You know what that, that tells me? It's, it's just a number. I get that. Uh, but it tells me something way more than just a budget line item. It tells me that God is moving in our hearts. It tells me that God is moving in you and in me. He's stirring us up and he's preparing us to do greater things in us than we've ever known before. That's, that's what that tells me. And secondly, it tells me that we're going to be blessed. It tells me that, that God saw what we did. And it, it tells me that God backs up his promises and that we are going to be blessed, not just as the Bridge Church, but we're going to be blessed as individuals. That God is going to do what he said that he would do. And every bit of our generosity uh, is going towards ministering to people. And I don't care how much or how little you gave. We did that together. It's something that we did together. And I'm proud to be a part of a church that's beginning to understand what it means to be generous. That's, that's stretching our faith muscles. And I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of a church that ministers to people the way we do. The, the fact is, is that it's not just our own, um, it's our own bravery that en- enables us to be generous, but God calls us to be generous. He, 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 he calls us in. Let's remember the verse in 2 Corinthians 8, 7. It says, but since you excel in everything, this is Paul talking, in faith and speech and knowledge, you're excelling in complete earnestness. He said, you're even excelling in your love for us. He said, but see also that you excel in this grace of giving. And that's what we did. And I just want to thank you uh, for excelling in the grace of giving, not just giving, but the grace of giving. It's, it's this divine uh, nature that, that comes onto our hearts and begins to turn us. That's, that's the grace of giving. It turns us to something called generosity. And it was a privilege to partner with you and to give in that way. We're investing in something called eternity. And today I'm not here to to necessarily talk about eternity as we end this series, Investing in Forever. Can we just spend a few minutes talking about what the benefits are of being generous while we're still here? I I just want to ask a question. Does generosity change anything in us while we're still here? What does it do in us? We're investing in eternity. Yes, the scriptures are clear. We've been talking about that. We're all headed to eternity. The, the timeline, if there even such, is such a thing called time there, it, it, you know, what, the time we have here doesn't hold a candle to that. I get it. But the time that we have here, this little bit of time, what does generosity do for us here? Um, what happens when we're generous? What are the benefits of being generous now? Um, I remember this movie called Field of Dreams. Does anybody remember that? I love that movie. It's about a guy who built a baseball field in the middle of a cornfield because he heard a voice say, if you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. It was just this whisper. And he began to just in faith build, build a baseball field. All these old timey baseball players show up from nowhere. These are guys who, who, who were dead and they come back to life and they begin to play baseball. And, and then at the end of the day, they kind of go back into the corn and disappear into this corn heaven, if you will. You have to watch the movie. I can't explain it. But he, he, he goes you know, out. He, he wants to go with them. And at the end of the movie, he's done all this stuff in faith. He's traveled. And, and, and at the end of the movie, he wants to go into the corn. <laughs> he wants to disappear with them and see what's out there. And they won't let him go. And at the end of the movie, he, he says, listen, I've done everything you've asked me to do without questioning it. And not one time have I asked what's in it for me. And he said, well, what are you saying? He said, I'm saying 
what's in it for me? <laughs> like, he wants to know what's in it for him. And, and we've, we've talked about investing in forever, and we haven't asked, you know, what's in it for us? Because that's really, that what really wasn't the question. But today, maybe you're wondering, what's in it for me? What, what are the benefits of being generous while I'm here? Um, so I, wa- I want to talk about four benefits of being generous, not just giving money, but being a generous person. So can we talk about those four benefits today? All right, here we go. We're going to dive right in. Number one, generosity makes you more like Jesus. It makes you more like Jesus. Now, if you don't know why that's a benefit, uh, no worries. We probably just need to start at a, at a sooner point in the conversation. And if that's, that's true for you, that's okay. Let me know. But it is a benefit to become more like Jesus. You need to know that. Every believer should be striving to become more like Christ because the Bible tells us to. But not only that, it is a privilege to become more like Christ. Can you just imagine Christ in all his fullness, God, the whole glory of God, just enveloping this human being who is 100% human, but also 100% God. He lived perfectly. He died for us. And now he's the King of kings and Lord of lords because he's proven himself worthy. And God says, I want to invite you to be more like him. That's amazing to me. We get to be more like Christ. And becoming a generous person helps us accomplish that. So we, we begin to think, well, what does that look like? Well, how did, how did Jesus give? What did he do? Uh, I love how James 1 and 5 puts it. He's talking about uh, the most prized gift that God has to give anybody. It's one of his possessions. Uh, it's, it's wisdom. And Proverbs says that wisdom is better than any type of material thing you could ever get. In fact, it says it's the most prized treasure on earth that God has, and you need to do everything you can to get it. I mean, it says wisdom screams at at us going, hey, seek me, find me. It's life eternal. Like, you need this. And it's this prized possession that God has. Well, you know how God gives that to us? James 1 and 5 says it. Uh, It says, if any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it. And this is how he gives it. He is generous to everyone and will give you wisdom without criticizing you. If we're not careful, our, our gifts can be done with conditions. But God loves first, and then he gives, and that enables him to give without criticizing. He gives something treasured without finding fault in any of us, without criticizing, without trying to make excuses as to why he shouldn't or give with certain specifications. He just gives freely. And when we're generous, we become like that. We, we become to uh, know what it is to give of ourselves till it hurts and not expect something in return or put conditions on it. And it was because of that love, because of the way that he gave, he gave ultimately Jesus Christ for us, his one and only son. Uh, you, you, you know the, the verse, a lot of you do, probably all of us, John three sixteen. what does it say? It says, for God so loved the world, that's you and me, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus, he ultimately decided, he chose to give his very life, his most prized possession. Listen, when we give generously, we are becoming like that. We become more like Jesus, knowing what it means to give without conditions, to have the right attitude as we give. Um, now, it's not always about money. Did offering fit for a king? Did that, did that you know, we raise a lot of money? Yeah, we did. Are we going to minister to a lot of people with that? Yes, we are. But ultimately, that's never, it was never what it was about. When we're being generous, the effect is, is that we're denying our selfish nature the opportunity to hoard the best of us. We're, we're telling our selfish nature, the, the part that we all did, myself included, that said, I can use that money for something else. <laughs> Maybe we should give a little less because we have this. It gives us the opportunity to deny that, 
to deny the parts of us that say we're going to keep the best for ourselves and give leftover. We actually deny that, and we're becoming more like Jesus when we do. We're becoming more like his family. It gave us the opportunity to do it. Many people are going to be blessed because of that. Um, but the benefit of, of all that giving that we did was we become more like Jesus. That's benefit number one. Benefit number two, generosity breaks the grip of materialism in our lives. Listen, giving in to a materialistic frame of mind is like handcuffing the parts of you that God wants to use the most. God has great things for you. He wants to do things in your life, but a materialistic attitude that I have to have this and I have to hold on to that, it's like handcuffing the, the parts of your spirit that God wants to blossom and move. So we, we got to break the grip of materialism, and generosity affords us the opportunity to do it. Proverbs, which is a lot of wisdom, it tells us that materialism is a problem. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 23, verse 4 and 5. It says, don't wear yourselves out to get rich. It says, have the wisdom to show restraint. Cast but a glance at riches, and they're gone. <laughs> For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. He's saying... You know, things, stuff, it's just, it's not a certainty. So don't put your, all your stock, all your hopes in that type of thing. The, the, the materialistic mindset of the world is things and stuff. And he's saying, when you just look at it, you know, you look at it one second and it's gone the next. Have you ever got a raise at work or maybe you got a, a bonus or something and then like a month later it was gone and you don't know where it went? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Or you had, maybe you got this car and all your hopes were in this car and then it breaks down. Right? And then all, what you thought you were going to be blessed with is now the materialistic aspect of it. It just, it just went away. And we, we know very quickly uh, how, uh, how, how, how quick things can go. Some of us got devastated in this last hurricane. One day everything was fine. The next minute, I mean, our lives are flipped upside down, trying to start over. And, and what he's trying to say here is, look, don't put all your hopes in stuff. When, when we're generous... With our, not only with our, our, our money, but with our minds and our attitudes, we, we begin to share friendship easier. We're more accepting of other people quicker. We give people the benefit of the doubt that maybe no one else does. Generous people are willing to let go of things because we know all our hopes and our dreams are not tied up in that, but they're tied up in Christ Jesus, and they're tied up in, in heaven in eternity. And when we're generous, it helps us break the grip that materialism has on our lives. It does. I think it's funny how we get so crazy over stuff, uh, and if enough time goes by, um, we don't even care about the thing the same as we just did. Just, just give it time. Have you ever moved? I mean, like, just moved your belongings to another house or maybe another state? When you move, you realize just how much stuff you have, <laughs> do you? And stuff that you just had to have, you spend all this money to buy it, and then when you move, you have yard sales and practically give it away. <laughs> There are things. All of a sudden, what used to be something that was worth spending money on is now worth just giving away. And the reason, I got to thinking about it, the reason why is, is interesting to me. When you're moving, your mind is saying this. Your mind is saying something is coming that's better, and I don't need this stuff anymore. We begin to make quick decisions. Well, I'm not taking that with me because I don't need it. Why? Because something else is coming, and it's better. And that's the mindset uh, that generosity does for us whenever we begin to think about heaven. That something else is coming that's better, you know? And we, we put all our stock sometimes in, into this little part, the part that we spend here on earth. And, but whenever we begin to be generous, that materialistic mindset begins to, it begins to break. And all of a sudden, what we thought we just had to have here, we're like, you know what? Heaven is in view. Paul told the Philippian church, he said, listen, he said, if you want to stand firm while you're here on this earth, he said, keep an eye out for this. 
Always have heaven in view. He said, he said, we actually understand that our citizenship isn't here. He said, but we're eagerly awaiting a savior from here. And we're just basically passing through here. Don't put all your hopes and dreams here. He says, he says, he says understanding that heaven is coming is how you're going to stand firm while you're here. And when we're generous here, we're actually breaking the grip that materialism has here. Material, that materialistic mindset we have to have, have to have, the security seekers that are here, it actually keeps you from seeing this. It, actually, it makes you think that this is all there is. And then it takes one hurricane, and you realize that, you know what, my whole life's over. It, it takes one, you know, your refrigerator going out, or your car breaking down, wipes out your savings, and all of a sudden, all your hopes and dreams are crushed here. Why? Because materialism, it blocks this. It, when, when we begin to understand that, you know what, we don't have to have everything here. We don't have to put all our hopes and dreams and stuff here because the God of the universe is taking us here. And he's going to provide everything we need here. Generosity affords us the opportunity to break the grip of materialism in our lives and begin to understand that God is the one that provides our needs here, not us. And all of a sudden now, everything we have becomes dispensable. We, we can give it away. We do it wisely. We do it prayerfully with some discernment through the power of the Holy Spirit that shows us and guides us. But we, we don't have to live in bondage here thinking that, you know, we have to have security in our stuff. Uh, being generous breaks the grip of materialism in our lives. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. He told this pastor named Timothy, he said, listen, command those who are rich with things of this world not to be proud. He said, but tell them to hope in God, not in their uncertain riches. God, he richly gives us everything to enjoy. And I just want to stay on that for just a, just a second. We're supposed to enjoy the stuff that God gives us, okay? We're supposed to enjoy it. That's why God gives it to us. But he says, tell the rich people to do good, to be rich in doing good deeds, to be generous and ready to share. And you might say, well, I'm not rich. That doesn't include me. Listen, if you've got change in your pocket, statistics say you're richer than 90% of the world. That's true. You, you're, you're richer, far richer than you think. It doesn't have to do with, with money all the time. It has to do with the blessing, the richness of what God's given you, provided for you. He says, when they're generous, when they're ready to share, by doing that, they'll be saving a treasure for themselves, a strong a foundation for the future. And they'll be able to have the life that is true life. Listen, when we begin to let go of things and give generously, we participate in a reality that's coming, that maybe it takes faith and it breaks the grip of materialism in our lives generosity paves the way to that. Generosity, it breaks the grip of materialism. That's a benefit. Look for it. Benefit number three, generosity strengthens your faith. Strengthens your faith. Offering fit for a king, it, it, all, it forced us to all ask the question, do I believe that? Do I believe what God said? Do I believe God's word? Do I believe all that stuff that Pastor Ryan preached about God? you know, coming and, and providing. Do I believe, do I really believe that I can't outgive God? When we're sitting around thinking about, you know, what we're going to give or how we're going to be generous, it forces us to ask the question, do I really believe that God is better at making my life than I am? Do I believe it? Every single one of us had to ask that question. Now, some of us might have stayed on the question a little bit longer, and that's fine. Um, but we all ask the question when I'm, when I'm trying to figure out what resources I'm going to give or how much time I'm going to give to that or what I'm going to do to be generous. We all have to ask the question. It forces us to, do I believe what God 
says. Now, now God makes some pretty big promises. I just want to read this to you. Philippians chapter 4, this is Paul talking. He says, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs. Say all. all. Say it again, all. all. Now, all isn't just about money. You need to understand that. He says, God will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. That's the connecting point. Christ Jesus came to die for us and connected us to everything that God has for us. Every single thing that he has has been released in and through Christ Jesus. So when you say, I'm not worthy of that, that's why we practiced a minute ago. We say, I am who he says I am. Because in Christ Jesus, all my needs are met. It's, it takes belief in him. Now, that's a neat and exciting verse. Uh, but again, it's only true if you believe it. And that's what we did last week when we walked down here um, with our generous gifts. We said, I believe. We gave generously. We believed that. He told the Corinthian church in chapter 9, uh, verse 13 of the second Corinthian letter, he said, your giving proves the reality of your faith. It's about what you do. You, you can't see faith with your human eyes. But generosity is this tangible way um, that we can see our faith lived out. I believe it. Yes, I believe what God said, so I'm going to, I'm going to actually do something about it. Um, sometimes we think faith is a think word. I've got to think my way into faith. I believe, I believe, I believe. Why can't I believe it? Help me, Jesus. Help me believe it. Help me have faith. Look, at God, God is not going to just zap you with faith. You know what he's going to do? He's going to give you opportunities to do something. If you want to know how much faith you have, look at what you do. If you want to know how much faith you have, look at how many times you've stepped out. That, that's your faith. Generosity gives you the opportunity to build your faith. Now, again, I want to specify. I'm not talking about, about money because that verse says that God will supply all of my needs. Say all. You know that, that money, financial uh, um, being provided for, that's just one need that you have. That's not all the needs I have. We, we, we need lots of things. I mean, uh, God says he's going to supply all of those needs. Being provided for financially is just one promise that God gives us when we do things His way and line ourselves up out of thousands of promises in the Bible that, that it says that we have in Jesus. And when I'm a generous person, my needs are met according to God's supply, not, not my own supply. The more I give of myself, the more I see God work, the, the more faith I have. The more I do, the more I watch God come through for me, the more faith I have. Listen, if, if you want to believe somebody, you typically look at their track record, don't you? Are they believable or not? Well, I don't know. What's their track record? What have they done? So I say to you, build a history with God. Step out in faith. Watch God come through. Then we step out in faith again. We watch God come through again. And then we start to say, hey, God's, he's, he's, he, he, pretty consistent. He does things pretty consistently. I step out in faith again. I watch God do. After a while, there's this history of me stepping out in faith and watching God come through. And each time I'm generous with my time, my heart, my resources, whatever it is, I'm watching God come through and it is building my faith. The benefit here on earth of generosity is it builds your faith. It strengthens it. All right, one last benefit. This is more of an encouraging reminder because you've heard it before, but generosity is an investment in forever. It's an investment in forever. Now, you, you might say, well, that's not something for me here. That's something in eternity. Listen, it's actually one of the best sources of hope that you have while you're here, knowing that while you're stepping out in faith and being generous, that it's not for nothing, that while you're stepping out in faith, that you're, you're knowing that what you're doing here actually matters. It matters in your eternity, and it matters in other people's eternity. 
because you're stepping out in faith and people are seeing what you're doing. And all of a sudden now, the, the people who are benefiting from it, they're giving thanks to God. Paul told the, the Corinthian church, he said, listen, when you give, he said the, the recipients of that, whatever it is, he said they're, they're actually giving thanks to God because of you. God's name is being made great because of your generous giving. He said, and, and just like God, the one that provides seed for the sower, he's like this, this awesome provider. When you give, he's going to replace it in your life in, in so many ways. He said, so that you'll be made rich in every way, so that every opportunity, not only will your, your needs be met, but you're going to have plenty left over to keep this cycle of giving going. Man, what, how awesome is it to be in that cycle? where I'm just, I'm just giving, I'm being generous with my time, with my talents, with my, my resources, and God just keeps filling me back up. And while he does, he's growing me as a person. I'm being benefited. My strength and, and my faith is being, being grown. Other people are coming to Christ because of what I'm doing. And I'm all of a sudden, I'm just, I'm headed to eternity, investing in eternity all the way. All the while, I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. My strength is being, is being uh, bolstered in my faith the materialistic mindset is being broken in my life. And when I get to heaven, I, I step across that line of faith and God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's celebrate together what, what you've done. That sounds good. Knowing that, that God is doing that. And when I'm here, I'm knowing, God, you know, it's happening in eternity. My generosity, your generosity, it is an investment in forever. And, and Jesus said it with his own words in Matthew 6 because I don't want you just to take my word for it. He says, look, don't store up treasures here on earth. I, I love how he says this. He says, they erode and people steal them. <laughs> or you have yard sales and you give them away for free and you didn't want to, right? He said, don't do that, but instead store them up in heaven. Store your treasures up there where they're never going to lose their value and they're safe from thieves. You know, he, he, he makes this hard distinction that things here are not going to last. And things in heaven are going to last forever. So he says, if you're going to invest fully in one of those, invest in the reward that you can store in heaven. He says, that's, that's where the safety is. That's where the security is. It's in eternity, not here. So do things here that invest there. Sometimes that's hard for us. Some, some of us, we, we still kind of hold on to the idea that we have to seek security here. Not, not just, you know, saving for different things. Those are important things. But our hearts say, we have to have it here because I'm the only one that can provide and I'm the only one that can do it. And if it's not me, then, then it's not going to be anybody. And I'm responsible for my future. And, and we go to bed with the weight of that. So we hold on to earthly possessions with our, with our lives. There was a, a story, it's a true story, about a man um, who was cheap all his life. And his daughters and his wife, they just kind of, they got the short end of the stick, not because they couldn't afford things, but because... He was cheap, <laughs> so they grew up that way, and the kids grew up, and uh, eventually the, the mother got sick, the mother passed away, and um, they got ready to go to the funeral home. Now, the kids are adults at this time, and the daughter just knew this is going to be so bad. She thought, this, my dad is going to try to be cheap and skimp on the funeral, and I don't want him to do that. <laughs> And so she's like, this is going to be a battle. So they met at the funeral home, um, and they're there, and, and they're starting to pick out things, and they pick out the casket. And it's a struggle, and it's, this is too expensive. And she's like, but Dad, Mom, would we want to memorialize Mom. We want to make sure that she has the best that we can afford. I know you can do this. I've seen your bank account, this type of thing. And Dad's like, no. So finally they come to an agreement. And they pick the casket out. Then comes the flowers, and, and it's a battle. And she's wanting to go big and, and really honor her mom. And he's kind of wanting to skimp. 
because he's, he's just thinking more in terms of what things cost, kind of holding on to the money. Um, and it's almost a fear. Finally, they pick flowers out and come to some middle ground. Then it comes time to pick out a dress. And they're getting ready to dress mama. And the daughter's like, come on, dad. She's thinking in her mind. So she kind of, kind of goes first to try to jump the gun. And she picks out the most beautiful velour dress that you've ever seen in your life. She just knows that mama would approve. And she just knows that this is going to give mama a good name and, and make her look well. And the dad doesn't say anything. He just kind of looks at it for a minute. It's kind of his awkward pause. A true story. This is what he says. Well, don't you think this dress will be a little warm for her? Yeah, some of you aren't getting that right now. It's going to come back and hit you in just a minute. Jesus is saying this. He's saying, don't just think about what you can save right here. He's saying the best investment that you can make is in eternity. The best investment that you can make is in heaven where it's going to be kept safe. So don't don't get stuck on what's here. He says, you, you can be generous. You can become more like me while you're here. You can have the benefit of breaking that grip of materialism in your life. You, you, can, you can know that you're investing in forever. These are benefits that you can look forward to while you're here. And I, I believe with all my heart that when you came and you gave generously last week, that these benefits are beginning to happen in your life, that your giving muscles are being stretched and that your hearts are being stretched and that God is making these things a reality in your mind and in your hearts. And I don't know which of these benefits that you need the most right now, but God makes them available to you when you're generous. That I know. And what we sometimes forget is that long before God called us to be generous, He was generous. A lot of times we think that God calling us to be generous is like a burden, and God's just, He has everything, and He's just trying to make us better and grow us and grow us. Well, sometimes we forget that God set the example long before we ever existed. The fact of the matter is, is that the Bible says that He had the plan of Jesus Christ long before He created the foundations of the earth. Long before we knew what time even was, long before he created Adam, he had the plan of Jesus and was generous. And, and we forget that he gave his only son and was generous beyond what we can ever even imagine long before he called us to. Long before he, he called us to accept Jesus, he accepted us. Ephesians chapter 1 says that he chose you in him before the foundations of the earth were created and he knew your name and was speaking highly of you. Long before he asked you to accept Jesus, he accepted you. Romans says that he demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still wasting our lives and had our backs turned to him, that's when he died for you. He accepted you. He was the example. Not just the reason why we can invest in forever. He's the reason why we have a forever. He's the reason why eternity in heaven is a possibility for you and me. It's ha- he, he's already done the work. He's, he's already established that. And what he calls us to do while we're here is just stretch our giving muscles, stretch our generosity, not just to give of our time and just to give stuff, but to do it with an attitude that says, I want to be like you, God. I want you to challenge me. I want you to move me beyond the mediocrity of this, of this world that just wants to hold on to things tight-fisted and be scared. Because that's really what it is. The, the root of of selfishness, the root of kind of the opposite of of generosity is fear. We're scared. Can we just admit that for a minute? Can we just give ourselves the gift of self-awareness? We're scared. We're scared we're not going to be provided for. We're scared that maybe God doesn't love me enough because I haven't been good enough. We're scared that, you know what, I might not be able to provide like I want to. We're scared. We're scared if I give that away, then I'm not going to get it back. 
We're scared. If I open my heart and be vulnerable to this person, they're just going to break me like the other person did, or they're going to break me like you've done before. We're just scared. That's, that's the root of why we're, we don't want to become generous people is because we're scared. And the Bible says that, 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 that love, perfect love, casts out fear and that it's demonstrated for us in Christ Jesus. And that when you make yourself vulnerable to be generous, that God will provide all that you need according to his riches and according to his glory. Any, any love that you can give somebody, God has that to give to you. Any resources that you have to give to somebody, God owns it all and can, can replace it, can provide what you need. Any time to an initiative that you know that you're supposed to give it to and you just, you're scared that you're not going to have the time to do what you need, God can give that back to you. God, he can do it. He, he provides all that you need according to his riches and according to his glory. And I think some of us, when it comes to being generous and, and the benefits of all this, I think one of the biggest benefits that we can have is knowing that God will replace everything we're scared to lose. And it'll either be the very thing that you gave or it'll be something better that you don't even know you want yet. That's God. <laughs> That's the God that I serve. That's the God that you serve. And I just want to remind you of that because he gave. And the reason why you have access to that is because he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ. He saw us in our helpless state and he said, I'm not going to leave them like that. I'm going to send my son because I care about him too much. I love them too much. And then he, he connected us to an eternity in heaven with him. And I just, I want to end today uh, just by celebrating that we all gave, we're all generous. Ultimately, we're here to celebrate the fact that God was generous first. And one of the ways that Jesus said to do that was to take communion together. You got a communion cup whenever you came in the door. If you didn't get one, would you just raise your hand? There's a couple people in the back. To be completely honest, I don't have one. I have an empty one here from first service. Thank you so much, Tony. We're just going to remember. We're going to remember what Jesus did for us. Sometimes I think what he did for us goes right over our heads, sometimes because we say it so much. If you didn't get one, just raise your hand. And, and maybe you're here today and, and you don't know what it takes to take communion. You don't, you, maybe you've never taken it before and you don't know if, if you're qualified, so to speak, to take communion. First of all, I, I want to tell you this. Jesus commanded us to take it together. But what he said was this, for, to, to believe in Jesus Christ and confess that he is Lord and to admit the fact that you're not perfect and you can't earn your way to heaven, but Jesus did it for you. That's, that's what it takes. And when we, when we can do that, when we can believe that, when we can, can admit that, then God looks at us as worthy. And when we take communion and remember what Jesus did for us, he's honored by it. Long ago, Jesus was getting ready to die for our sins. If you can imagine, he's in this room with his disciples there. And he's got a cup and he's got bread. And you may have heard it called the Last Supper. Remember that? You ever heard of that phrase? This is Jesus there, and he's, he's with his disciples. And he says, I want, I want to do something with you guys. And he begins to, to take the bread. And you can take it if you want, just that first little layer there, peel it back. I think the church has, like, made Welch's millionaires, you know, <laughs> because of what we've done over the years. But he, he takes the bread out, and he says, he says, this is representative of my body. He said, I'm, I'm actually getting ready to go and die for you. My body is getting ready to be ripped up and, 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 and beaten and bruised for you. He said, I'm doing it for you. And he says, so as you eat this bread, I want you to remember this. He said, remember what I'm doing. 
and, and ages to come, he said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. So can we just eat this bread together? And, and as you do it, just be thankful of what God did for you as he was generous. And then he held up the cup. And he said, this is, this is my blood that's getting ready to be spilled out for you. And, and what was interesting about it is, is, is no other human being, past, present, or future, could spill pure blood. Because we all, we're all marred by this thing called sin. You know what that means? It means we're not perfect. That's what it means. And we all know that. We're born with it. David said, I was sinful even in the womb. Like I just, we're, we're, None of us are perfect. Jesus was. So what made him worthy to say this is that he, he lived a perfect life. Never sinned. Was tempted just like we are. And he said, my blood's getting ready to be spilled for you. And this is representative of that. He said, I don't want you to forget it because we fail to live out in life what we don't make an effort to remember. And he says, I want you to remember this. He says, so as you drink this, I want you to remember what I did for you in the generosity. So let's just take this together and be generous as we remember his generosity. Be grateful. They did so many things in the Old Testament and the New Testament to remember. Remember when Moses did this and he parted the Red Sea and Israel walked through on dry ground? Remember that? Some people make jokes about parting people's hair and doing this. <laughs> Great miracle. I mean, just this wonderful demonstration of God's power. I can't even begin to imagine what that must have looked like. And on each side of that, you may not have known this, but they set up memorial stones where they went in and where they went out so that future generations, every time they pass by there, they'd remember and they'd tell the story. This is what happened. You may not have been alive whenever this happened, but let me tell you what Grandpa did. They, they went through on dry ground. They're looking at this, this sea, and they're like, wow, are you kidding me? No, God did it. He actually did it. And this is the reason that we built this here so we could, we could remember it. Other times throughout the scriptures, they, they would build stones and build kind of altars so that every time that they went by, they would remember the miracle that God did there. And they could tell future generations. He, he said, I want you to, to walk this earth and I want you to talk about what I, what I say. Talk about my commands. Talk about them when you get up. Talk about them when you lay down. When you're eating. When you're walking down the road. So you'll remember them. And then Jesus, right before he died, he said, I, I want you to remember what I'm getting ready to do for you by, by taking communion. I want you to, we call it communion. It's just when we come together and we commune together, we commune with God. And we remember what he did. And we just model it right after what Jesus did. It, it's just a stale piece of bread and it's just some grape juice, guys and gals. But when we do it in remembrance of what Christ did for us, it takes on a whole new meaning. And we will live out in life what we remember because of what we have in Christ and his generosity. Maybe some of you today are, are feeling dry because you're not living out in life who you really are in Jesus. You're not living out in life the generosity that he's calling you to. And you're just, you, you feel like, you know what? I'm, I'm just not lining up to what I know I need to be. I think you need to take this as a, as a reminder of encouragement and remember what Christ Jesus did for you. Your generosity is nothing if it's not modeled after and in the vein of becoming more like Jesus because of what he did for you. It's just nothing. It's empty. And it'll always leave you coming back, trying to fill a hole that only Jesus Christ was meant to fill. I'm not saying take communion every day. You can if you want. Some people do at home. It's perfectly fine when it's done out of a heart. Just remember what he did. And when you remember what Jesus did for you, your life will take on a whole new significance.
Can we pray together? And then we're going to go. God, thank you for the opportunity to remember. God, thank you for the opportunity that we can remember heaven together, that we've had this series to talk about what eternity is going to be like, and we can invest here and, and know that it's, it's shaping the, the, the eternity that you have in store for us. Thank you, Jesus, for providing the way. God, thank you for the benefits that we can have here while we're still living on this earth, still human beings, mortal bodies, trying to figure life out, have questions, and we're weighed down by all kinds of stuff. But we can be reminded of your word that we have, that you so graciously and miraculously provided for us to show us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us and, and guiding us and helping us remember all these things that Jesus said. You counsel us. You, you comfort us. When we pray, you're... You're taking our prayers to God while we're still on this earth. He already provided the way to heaven, but yet, God, you still make a way for us to walk on this earth and still have connectivity to you. Thank you for that. Thank you for these benefits. God, my prayer is that the fear of generosity will leave us. The enemy would have us believe that it's a fearful thing, that somehow if we're generous and we give of ourselves, that we've lost something. But your word says the exact opposite. Your word says when we give up ourselves for you, we gain something far greater than we could ever have trying to hold on to something ourselves. We choose to believe that because your word says it. Not because any human being says it, but because your word says it. So we echo that. Help us to comfort each other with those words. Help us to encourage each other with those words. And God, as we continue to give in our lives until it hurts, and we're generous until it hurts, Lord, we know these benefits of becoming more like you, of breaking the grip of materialism in our lives, our faith being strengthened, and knowing that we have an eternity called heaven that's coming that we're investing in. Lord, I pray those benefits fall deep down into our hearts and our souls right now as our mind is renewed according to your word in Romans 12, and we begin to walk this life a whole a whole, no, a whole new level, a whole nother significance in who you are. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Can we say amen together?